launched a second one here, working with uh, Miracle, working with about 120 customers, uh, 22 million bucks raised again, helping these larger online brands find other new products to sell through strategic partnerships. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 units sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. This is episode 752. Coming up tomorrow morning, Shlami Jian joins us, and with his tool, mobile browsing on spotty Wi-Fi doesn't suck. But how does he make money? Hello, everybody. My guest today is Adrian Nossenbaum. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company called Miracle and founded this company back in 2012. He's currently based out of the company's Boston office and is responsible for the business's growth in both the business-to-consumer and business-to-business sectors. Adrian, are you ready to take us to the top? Sure. So just to be clear, you are you are right now focused on the business growth in B2C and B2B, but you also are a co-founder and the CEO, correct? Correct. So tell us about the company. What's it do? The Miracle is a technology company that allows retailers, distributors, and manufacturers to uh, launch and operate a online marketplace of third-party vendors. And so this is like if someone really likes how the Salesforce app exchange works and they want their own version of that, that you can help them do that? Yeah, more, more in a consumer-oriented way, so more for products and services. So think of a retailer that would love to extend its product assortment with more breadth and depth, similar to what Amazon is able to do through its third-party seller marketplace, where they're able to offer much broader selection of product without having to own the inventory and fulfill the order when someone buys from them. Why would people use you over that Amazon product? So we, we are a technology solution. So our customers, which are typically large retailers, large manufacturers, such as Best Buy or Walmart or Urban Outfitters or other companies like that, they, they, uh, they're thinking of also having their own broader ecosystem of products fulfilled directly by third-party brands and partners that they curate to bring on uh, to their uh, extended assortment on their own website. Mm-hmm. So they're... Go ahead. No, no. So we're not we're not competing with Amazon. We're allowing other people to benefit from the the beauty of the of the marketplace model that has made Amazon so strong. So having their own marketplace, not. Got it. So like, if this is like, if a consumer goes to Best Buy's website to buy something and they purchase an iPhone cover, you might then sell them the audio cord for the iPhone at the bottom because it's you're saying people who bought this also bought this. Yeah, absolutely. So our technology would allow Best Buy to link with other merchants that would offer the uh, the cord or the accessory that completes the purchase directly on the uh, Best Buy website. So from a consumer perspective, it's one shopping cart, one payment, yep. but the order gets fulfilled by someone else. And how many customers are you serving today? So today, Miracle has uh, over 125 customers okay. globally in 25 countries. And what is the, take us back more and kind of give us the story. So when did you launch the company? And actually, before you do that, Adrian, I want to make sure I understand how you make money. Is this a SaaS product? Yeah, it's a SaaS solution. So uh, our customers grow their business using the uh, the backend technology that we provide. And we take a small cut of the incremental business that they're generated through. Okay. Do you, is there a flat kind of SaaS fee or is it all percentage based? 
It's uh, mostly percentage based, yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, so if it doesn't work, you don't get paid. Yeah. So how does that work for huge companies like like that are doing millions and millions and millions of revenue? Like they're going to be paying you from the actual number perspective way more than a smaller brand, right? Um, your cost structure, I imagine, is the same on both. I mean, how do you convince those big guys to give you a cut? We um, we convince them by a couple of things. So first of all, we we provide them uh, with an amazing technology which leverages 12 years of experience in operating and running marketplaces, and um, and we um, we sorry. No, it's good. We I have to do these all the time. No problem. So so uh, we we uh, we provide them with the uh, the technology and the know-how that gives them you know uh, time to market best practices and ongoing improvements and um, and the way the, the the way the technology is priced kind of al aligns with the growth so that of course our our revenues are not you know eternally uncapped so to say. Oh, got it. So, so you might have a structure that says if you're doing between a million and 10 million in new revenue from our tool, you pay us X percent. Once you get above 10 million, it goes down to X percent. Absolutely. Oh, I see. Okay. What's the percentage on average? It's, it depends. So it's hard to disclose it like that because it's, it varies uh, according to the, the industries that we serve that yeah. themselves. So our customers yeah, but Adrian, real quick, like try and put some color on that, right? So let's say you're, I'm, I'm making this up. Let's say you're working with an online, a retailer online, it's closed. Before you, they're doing 2 million per year in revenue. They install you. The year after that, they do 3 million. What percentage of that million gain are they going to pay you? A very small percentage. Like, I mean, are we talking half a percent, 5%, 1%? Uh, we're, we're, uh, honestly, it's, uh, it's hard to disclose like that because it's, it's not just a, a straight percentage. I think it, there's a structure behind it that really reflects the, uh, the way our customers are going to operate their business. So if, if our customers are charging sellers, you know, 15% commission, like Amazon does, for example, on average, we're gonna, you know, more or less, you know, take 10% of that, for example, but mm -hmm. if they're, they're charging much more and we provide more services, we'll adapt or less if it's less. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah. Look, I understand it's hard to like put more color on that, but I mean, generally speaking, we're talking less than 5%. Of course. Okay, of course. got it. And then what are the um, so so here's a question I've got for you. Anytime there's a, a an incentive structure based off gains from introducing a new tool, right? So there's usually an argument at the end of the measuring period, whether it's a quarter, half year or year, where the retailer that has installed Miracle is saying, yeah, we did a million and more revenue, but it's because we launched additional products, not because your software drove it. How do you set up and track attribution so you can without a doubt prove what revenue came from you versus other external changes that had nothing to do with you? Uh, it's it's in our case, it's actually very straightforward because really the uh, you need to see Miracle as as a tool that really allows to operate a new a new a new business and uh, and that new business at the end of the year has X amount in incremental revenues and and it's directly attributable to uh, no to, yeah to but like my point is though, like if, like let's say a company adds a, like ten SKUs. Right, the same year that they add Miracle on their back end. 
Yeah. Like they could argue those 10 SKUs are a hit. They just happen to be sold through Miracle. So let's say those 10 additional SKUs drove an additional 10 million in revenue. And the product people are saying, wait, why is this big expense line? I'm going to like Miracle. Like these are just great products we built. That's why they're selling so well. Like there must be conflict there. How do you resolve it? This happens to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, we would need to get a bit more into the details, but typically your your uh, in your example, the, the, these additional SKUs that the company would sell would not be SKUs directly either manufactured or sourced by the company itself. It would be SKUs that they would be getting through relationships, through third parties that they would partner with. And without a technology like Miracles, getting the partnerships in place with these third parties, but more importantly, running the partnerships on a daily basis from a from a back-end perspective, you know, sending orders, getting out updates on orders, having up-to-date information on the, the price and inventory of the third parties on these specific items would be a real nightmare. With Got it. Of money. God, I shouldn't think about this like Shopify, like, like it allows you to list products. I should think about this like you have relationships with a bunch of related products. Staples or Best Buy can tell you like what kinds of relationships they want. You can serve them up a bunch of options quickly and you make money based off those connections you make. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I was thinking about that the wrong way. Okay, cool. Now, uh, take this back to launch date. When did you start the company? What year? We launched Miracle in the beginning of 2012. Okay. And have you bootstrapped it or have you raised capital? Uh, initially, we uh, we bootstrapped it with uh, with uh, money we made from from a pre previous company uh, that was that was acquired. Which one? And it, it was, uh, in Europe, a company called uh, Split Games that had set up a... Uh, a online marketplace for everything around games and the gaming world and merchandise products and, and all sorts of things. And it was acquired by a large retailer uh, operating out of Europe. Which and, one? You know, company called Fnac. Okay. Uh, sells $5 billion, 250 stores. And um, and so we started Miracle and then we, we raised uh, $2 million dollars. Uh, from early stage investors, and and in 2015 we raised another 20 million dollars from uh, from other investors in the U.S. and in the U.K. So, so 22 million total equity in, right? Yes. Was any of that venture debt, or was all equity? Only equity. Yeah. Only equity. And why uh, why did you make the decision? Well, first off, were you the founder in that previous company you sold, or you were just on the team? No, no, I was the founder. Did yeah. you bootstrap that one, or you raised? Uh, we bootstrapped and and raised a bit after. Um, was that company, were you truly risking it all when you started it? Like, was that your out-of-college hustle, put everything on the line kind of moment? Uh, kind of. It was my out-of-consulting uh, and investment banking company. <laughs> how, and so how old are you today? I'm 39. Okay. Now, it, without getting into specifics of what you sold that previous company for, is it fair to say that mentally you were at a mental state when you started Miracle where financially you're basically set? You could take any risk you wanted and go after any business idea you no. wanted? You weren't? No. Okay. Okay. And how do you think about that? Like, how do you think of uh, like where you were mentally when you launched the company? Um, how do you think about like how much money you put in yourself versus what you want to go out and raise and, and anti-dilution stuff? You know, I, I, I'm French. I come from Paris. Um, I think French people are uh, very uh, enthusiastic 
but probably a bit more uh, conservative when it comes to risk than the Americans. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was somewhere in, 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 in the middle, I would say. Yep. Okay, good. So 22 million bucks raised. You launched it back in 2012. You have co-founders? Yes. Yes. One. One. And we started the previous company together also. You guys do 50-50 or did, did, did you have a tough conversation to figure out how to split it? No, we have a very easy conversation. We do 50-50, uh, do but a bit more for the one who came with the idea. Oh, interesting. What what idea premium do you give? Like five percent, ten percent? A bit more. Interesting. How do you do, how do you figure that out? Like how do you like when your co-founder said, "Well, we that was over beers at the pub." Like you brought it up, but I added my ideas to it. Like how do you figure out who came up with the idea? Uh, that that's very easy. Uh, he, my co-founder comes with the ideas. I execute the ideas. Ah, interesting. So you're more like tactical operational get it done and he's more like the vision like shiny object let's do this this and this yeah absolutely yeah. very very cool when did you you said your background was I'm a factory worker <laughs> you're not a factory worker you set up the factory um you said you had a a banking background when were you in banking when you were in kindergarten is that what it was it was before <laughs> that last company you just sold yeah, it was even yeah in yeah in between another company also. Interesting. So, you, yeah. Okay, so do you like startups or banking more? Um, it depends if I'm the client or the or the vendor. <laughs> good answer. Very good answer. All right, um, and then where are you today in terms of team size? We're 160 people. Okay, and what percentage of those folks are focused on sales versus engineering? Uh, it's. Uh, it's uh, forty percent engineering, uh, 20, 25, 30 percent sales, and twenty percent services. So about fifty salespeople, eighty engineers, something like that. Yeah, less sales. We have also uh, customer success people and okay. and operations and things like that. But yeah, what do you what did you pay last month in terms of only your paid acquisition channels? Like, what do you, are, are you spending money on paid acquisition or no? programs uh you know lead generation programs and and we're constantly testing and evaluating because we're we you know we're very enterprise b2b SaaS type of uh, sales process so there we're not in a kind of you know freemium premium conversion type of funnel so um so we we spend more of our marketing dollars and selected you know trade shows or industry trade shows and and high level you know publications that we can name one funnel. sorry name one uh, so for example we'll, we'll work on you know putting together industry reports with people like forrester or gardner and then we'll we'll route them through specialized publications like you know internet retailer b2b things and uh and other types of publications so what was last month's kind of total paid spend, if you had to guess? You know, probably it's hard to say because it's 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 not a recurring uh, there. I mean, there's a bit of AdWords. There's a bit give of, me like yeah. a range. Yeah, but I don't know. 20 to 20 to 40. K. Okay. Okay. That's okay. Okay. That's I mean, that's pretty reasonable. And then when you're looking at when you're looking at you know, you've raised capital, so I think you probably have thought about these economics. But when you're looking at acquiring a customer, you obviously spend money up front. You have a sales team, so your fully weighted CAC obviously has some teeth to it with a sales team your size. How do you think about payback period? What do you try and keep it to? 
from a um, we, we, I mean, I'll answer differently. I think that we, we sell something which is strategic in terms of transformation for our customers. So the, the, the people that are going around trying to evangelize, trying to convince companies to you know, look into using Miracle as part of their digital transformation, they, they need time. Uh, it's not something that happens overnight. Uh, it requires also on our end to be able to have very senior access because it's strategic decisions. So sometimes we can spend a, you know a year talking to mid-level managers, and one day we meet the CEO of the company, and 15 days later we have a deal because it it, it makes total sense. Yeah, no, so, I get I get all that. So take all that into consideration, right? Do you try and standard two years for a payback period, a year, three years? How do you how do you measure that? Less than a year. Okay. Okay. So you, from closing and installation to kind of growing, you like to get paid back in, in the first year. Yeah. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing though, this that database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean, do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened. It's great if you're in sales or CEO or trying to be more productive. So listen, I bought the whole company on the spot and I wanna tell you how I did it. I've showed the deal, by the way, to big smart people, private equity firms, VCs, and they're dumbfounded. They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal and I wanna show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com, click the red button that says install this on Gmail, and when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report, and you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use, www.thetopinbox.com. Why don't we wrap up quickly with the famous five? They're very fast. One, what's your favorite business book? My favorite business book, uh, Hemingway. Okay, at number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? No. Uh, uh, favorite online tool besides your own? Favorite online tool, uh, Instacart. Instacart. Okay, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? How many what? Hours of sleep do you get every night? Five. Five? Damn. All right. And then last question. Take us back to your 20-year-old self. What do you wish you knew? Um, what do I wish I knew? Uh, how to help my wife use Instacart. 
<laughs> there you guys have it from Adrian. He would have helped his wife use Instacart earlier on. Again, launched, sold his first company, launched his second one here, working with uh, Miracle, working with about 120 customers, uh, 22 million bucks raised. Again, helping these larger online brands find other new products to sell through strategic partnerships. Adrian, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed Adrian today, go back and listen to Mark yesterday. Mark has a little device that sits on any electric connection to measure the electricity spend per month. He's now raised $16 million and passed 1.2 million bucks in revenue. So who's he selling to?